0: morning Antioch, I am not saying just Antioch Brighton, but Antioch on a broader level, Antioch New England, the people that are connected to us in this vision, this network of relationships, good morning. Today is a very special day for us because we are commissioning two new churches. That's already happened in, in the service, if you want to see that, you can connect back on to the link for our services at Antioch-Brighton, but we are thrilled to be able to commission and to see new churches planted in, in greater Boston. So today, I'm going to be answering the question, why? Why are we doing this? Why would we do this? Why do we plant churches? This is hard. This is complicated. What is it specifically we're doing? We want to Uh, say, again, we are blessing Tim and Alyssa Tachi as they go into Roxbury. They moved there four and a half years ago, and they've been in this process of uh, evangelism and discipleship, of reaching out to that community, of building church, building a gathering of people that are following Jesus. And uh, Danny and Lisa Pierce, in the same way, they, they moved back from Indonesia. They have been following Jesus intently over the course of the last couple of decades of their lives. And they are taking their family and a number of families from our congregation and moving to Quincy and beginning again. So why do we release dynamic leaders? Why do we release families that we love? Why do we bless and encourage these beautiful children to move to a new place why do we do this? It's painful saying goodbye. It's, wouldn't it be better if they stayed close together with us? Wouldn't it help us financially if they all stayed closer? Why do we do this? Number one, because Jesus said, go. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. Jesus came to them, says in the 18th verse, and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So Jesus said, go. And go means a change of location. You move from where you are to this other place. And he was calling his disciples to go to the whole world. That word go is still for us. There's some leaving and moving that we do as followers of Jesus. In 1984, I heard a message that changed my life. I was already a disciple of Jesus. I was already full of the Holy Spirit and, and experiencing God's power in many ways, but I had never clearly heard a call to the nations before. And a man named Dave Gustafson, he was with Youth of the Mission, came in and spoke, and he gave some statistics that changed my life. It changed my perspective. What he said was, within 3,000 miles of Hong Kong, there's two-thirds of the world's population. The majority of people in that group, of those 3 to 4 billion people, are the majority of the world's Muslims. Hindus and Buddhists it's the majority of the world's poor it's the majority of the people that did not have a bible translated in their language and it's the majority of whom uh, of that total number and this is 1984 statistics I'm talking about but at that time over 50 percent of those people were under the age of 20 and uh, there's been prosperity in these areas for many uh, of the last t- 30 years, but the statistics may be true. There's this huge, the majority, the biggest population in the world is on the other side of the world, and I knew nothing about it. That seed planted in me purpose that I needed to go, that we needed to go, that we needed, if we loved people, we need to be a part of them getting a chance to experience the love of Jesus. None of these changes that we dream of happening in our lives and other lo- lives happen happen without going. Romans 10 says, how can they call on the one they've not believed in in the 14th verse? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they, anyone preach unless they are sent? It has to involve a change of location. When missionaries make these moves, it is painful. Oh, Susan and I, at the age of forty-three, left our friends and family, took our grandkids away from regular connection with their grandparents. Uh, it is a change of income that happens when missionaries make these moves. The ability to save for your future is is often cut off or diminished. It's It means when you make these kind of moves to other nations that you're choosing to live in a place where there's a lower quality of healthcare and many times more diseases that are prevalent. It means leaving everything that is familiar to you. It means leaving your comforts it, it means becoming a preschooler where you don't even know how to talk. You don't understand the culture and the dynamics that are happening around in the, the world around you. So why, why, why would we do this? Because someone needs to hear about Jesus from you. Someone needs this love. There's, it's not going to happen, again, in Romans chapter 10, unless someone goes. Speaks and shares the gospel. Why do we plant churches? It's because we're a missionary people. And uh, the seeds of that in our life, of the statistics that I shared, that I heard back when I was 23, 24 years old, and we chose the name Antioch out of the story of the, the New Testament, the book of Acts chapter 13, because this church embodied the qualities that we aspired to. In the first verse, it says in chapter 13, Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of to which I've called them. And after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Antioch was the first Gentile church. It was the first church that was completely reestablished outside of the Jewish culture. And because of that understanding, I believe they had a passion that had never existed before for all the people that were far from the mercy and love of the covenant that they could have with God. And this is the first time that the church stepped away from the majority culture. There's a place where in, in AD 40 approximately that they said, we think people that are not like us deserve to hear the gospel. We think people that are not privileged, that don't have the opportunity that we have, that they need to hear about Jesus. We need to take a risk. We need to give something away because of love, because of honor, because of the heart of God. Now, Paul is going... Because he's he's challenged the Jewish church, he's challenged the majority church and said, You are only living for yourselves if you don't understand God's heart in this way. See Antioch at that time, this this Gentile church was multi-racial, multi-level socioeconomic, and multi-gifted. It was possibly because of this very diversity that they had this breadth of love. And this is who we want to become. We're not there yet, but this this is what we dream of. We see people that are different from us and we want to give them power. We want to honor them. We want to plant churches where new communities can be established in this process. Why do we plant churches? Because Boston is a hub of emerging leaders. It gives us the ability to train and release People, communities, church planters that are many times already gonna be moving because they're they're here only temporarily in this area. They're in a career track or they're in the university years, or there's some place where where they're coming into this place because of the opportunity in Boston, and they're gonna be going on. Rather than seeing them as just temporary and not really valuable, we say, Wow, we have an opportunity to invest in lives that they are going to be going they're going to be moving on and and we can be a part of that young leaders need to be able to emerge as senior leaders of congregations this is a healthy process of maturity unfortunately in many places the only way a young leader can emerge is if the pastor resigns or dies or leaves or if that leader just rebels and kind of fights against the authority and rips away and has a conflict but we want to give this away we we are you can't rebel against someone who's saying here we give you people we give you authority we want to empower you and it's not without training. It's not without development. It's not without structure. It's not without clear plans that we have in that process so that people are not offended. People are not hurt. But we want it to happen. We want to empower young leaders and give them real estate. Give them a place. Give them purpose. Give them an opportunity to fulfill their gifts and callings at the highest levels. Why do we plant churches? It's because We feel a unique call to create a model that works for people that are able to plant smaller churches. You don't have to be the super privileged, incredibly talented, movie star type leader. You can be like me. (laughs) You can be limited in so many ways, and you can start churches. We have been working for the last seven years in Building a process that has a centralized system that supports all of the accounting, administration, insurance, legal, and human resource issues that are give us the ability to release pastors to do what they do. Evangelism, discipleship, building community, and caring for their spiritual communities. John Clark is in the, the hub of all that, uh, as well as Jen o- O'Dama. In, providing a whole administrative back end so that the churches can be, uh, get all that they need in, in the business sense so that they can be the heart of expressing Jesus to the world. And we've, we've done this. We've been planning churches, but it's been a while, actually, because of all of the complications of all the administration. But now we're in a new place and laying these foundations. We've got some of these things in place and we are hoping for more churches to emerge. And we have a church planter at Waltham that we believe is going to lead out in a congregation in Lowell and more. Lord, open up the gates that we would be a part of planting more churches. Why do we plant churches? Because Jesus has called us to lose our lives. Now, that... (laughs) may sound strange to you, but it's interesting. Luke 9, chapter 23, Jesus says, He called to them all, this group of people around him, his disciples in the middle of this, and he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man, will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and of the glory of the Father and the holy angels. The gospel is free, but it's not cheap. God is freely giving you his love, but he laid down his life on the cross to pay for this. This passage is repeated in each one of the Gospels. In Matthew 10, in Mark chapter 8, Luke chapter 9, John 12, Jesus, this story is told where he says, if you want to be my follower, you need to lose your life. And what does that mean, to lose your life? It, it means losing your sin. It means losing your addictions. It means losing the pain of your life. But it also means losing your privileges many times. It means losing your reputation. It can mean losing things that are valuable to you. And in my life, it's an honor for me to lift up younger leaders in hope that they they surpass me, that they're abilities, their gifting, their strength are much greater than anything that I've ever experienced. And especially as a as a, a privileged white man, I want to lose my life. I don't want to hang on to this need to be honored. I want to give it away. I want to lose my life so that honor can cover more and more people. Now, if you've read your New Testament, you, you know that you don't just give away. God is way more generous than we are. If you lose your life, you're going to receive. You're going to receive for that addiction, that pain, you're going to receive freedom. And as you give away friendships, you're going to gain more. As you follow Jesus and lose your reputation, He will establish you in an honor that cannot be taken away. Mark 10, chapter 28, Peter spoke up and he said, we've left everything to follow you. Jesus says, truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions (laughs) and in the age to come eternal life. We are not giving in order to get. I'm not saying, give me this money or do this one thing and you're going to get so much more. We're giving because of the love of God. We're giving, we're receiving his unconditional love and we're giving to him without condition. But it just so happens that God is incredibly generous. We give him our lives. We give him close relationships and he multiplies those. He'll sisters, brothers, mothers, children hundredfold. This is why Susan and I are alive. This is why we're living our lives. To plant churches. To see, not just individuals saved, but to see communities of people expressing the love of God to each other so that the world can see who He is. As his presence fills our lives, if he transforms us and we love in a way that's extraordinary because of the unconditional love that's been poured in our lives, it reveals Jesus. Susan and I have made three major moves in our life. We were in college. We lived in, in Waco, Texas for, for 12 years and established the foundations of, of what became this Antioch movement that Jimmy, Seibert, Jimmy and Laura Seibert brought to fruition, mature and, and, and lead to this day. But we left there and moved to Austin, Texas, left our friends, left the people that were close to us. Because of this call in our life, we, we wanted to see the kingdom of God established. We wanted to see churches planted. We were in Austin for 12 years, and then we moved to Indonesia. We left our families. We took our, the grandkids with us, the nieces and, and nephews with us. That was very painful. We lost income. We lost uh, culture. We lost foods that we were familiar with, and we moved to the other, si- the other side of the world, 12 time zones away. I, that was hard. That was very painful at the age of 43 to do all of that. But we started gathering new brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. We started gathering new friends that were calling on the name of Jesus. And deep, profound, amazing, loving, supernatural friendships happened. After 10 years there... We made another transition and at 53, moved to Boston. This is an amazing place. In one sense, we can, uh, wow, I, we love this city. But leaving our friends, leaving things that we love there was hard. We started over again at 30, 43, and 53. We left houses, lands, food, mothers, sisters, fathers, brothers, and children in order to obey Jesus. Because we've done this, thousands of people are now in community, loving Jesus, serving the people around them, and extending the kingdom of God. Part of what's happening today at Antioch is because this is the call on our lives. This is what we do. And we will do till we die. This is how we live our life we want to extend the good news of Jesus. The one who created you, he knows you. The Father God, Father God who's revealed in the Bible, sent his son Jesus, who lived a perfect life. And he died an unjust death on the cross Out of his free will, he gave his life to pay for the sacrifice that no one else could pay for. His perfect life and perfect sacrifice paid for all sin, for all mankind. But it's not automatic. Just because he did that doesn't mean that everything changed. He set up something that you have to enter into by faith. You have to choose him and you have to receive the love that he's provided. And you do that when you give him your life. You lose who you are. <laughs> Not your personality, but these things of, of privilege, of addictions, of, of brokenness, of in some places of wor- the world has given you. And you receive his life. Lord, I give you my life, everything that that means, all my past, present, and future. And I receive this new life that you give me. Salvation is available, but it's not automatic. You have to confess your sin, turn from your ways. Repentance means to turn around, go the other direction, and receive the life that God gives. There's a loss, but the return is eternal life. The presence of God, his constant comforting presence, so he'll never leave you or forsake you. He gives you this grace, this ability his empowering presence on the inside of you to want to do his will. No longer are you living out of obligation, trying to fulfill the rules, but he puts a new heart in you to where you want to please him. This is what it means to know Jesus and to follow him. Join us back at 1145 to pray with us, to whatever issues come up in your life at this time, we want to be together and walking out, God's will. Bless you.